0: No! <laughs> the microphone was off again. Damn it. I've been testing around with stuff. I apologise if it looks and sounds a little bit duff, but I think I've got everything running from this Dream Deck now, which is nice. Uh, however, I just muted my microphone by accident again. Um, but this is the scoop. Uh, as we're just saying then, I can't believe it's like a hard transition rather than a, rather than a, a, a nice smooth one. But this is the scoop, your daily dose of video game news, live from the northwest, uh, specifically in Manchester. It is just me today again. Uh, we've got Benio uh, forward slash either Bibby, uh, aka Lord Bibbington. Um, I will be your host for today. Usually, as two of us, usually as me and Graham, but Graham has selfishly taken a week off. I mean, he did. He was here for three days of the five that he is off for, but he's left me on my own. So this is why things. Kind of don't work that well, because Graham is the guy that usually does all this for us. Uh, Gary Clark frosty, coming. Yeah. yeah, stay frosty. Yeah, I mean, I Morning, get to listen. <laughs> Morning, Shagger. I get to listen to all the TTS stuff and all the notification things that come through, because usually, as I said, Graham would host it from his setup, and I just on Discord, so I get nothing apart from him blowing his nose. Um, so it's nice to be able to listen to those for the first time. Morning, Shagger, Thank you very stay much. I yeah. <laughs> as well. Uh, with the six month and Gary also with the six month, both at tier 1. Thank you very much for supporting this stream. We very, we very, very much appreciate it. Probably more than you will ever know. But we've got a crispy new mics. Thank you to El Gato. I've got a crispy new stream deck. Again, thank you to El Gato. And I've got a green screen that hopefully we'll be able to try and fit in this room in the coming days. Probably over the weekend, I'll try and sort that out. So hopefully my voice sounds better. You actually get to listen to what I sound like, whether or not that be good or bad. And a show that's being run off the stream deck. So again, shout out to those guys. Also, exclamation mark in the chat for Muscle Moose. The guys over there, as you can see on the on the over there, you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love to support us by sending us stuff all the time. We are not paid by them at all. They just send us stuff so to keep us energized. And we very much appreciate that. As well as uh, a hat, a beanie and an oversized hoodie, which is a medium, which actually fits me. I mean, it's oversized, so it's not meant to fit my double Ds, um, but it does, so that's great style. So I hope that you're all doing well this morning. Again, it is just me for today. Grain will be back on Monday, so hopefully the show will sound a lot better. Let's just get into the uh, the scoop camera, because again, I've set that up whether or not it actually looks like that, I don't know, but we'll find out in three, two, one. Hey. Hey. We're going all right there. Eh? We do it, we're doing okay. This is a this is a very good start barring the muting, obviously. Um, but we'll start off with what you usually start off with. Bib, what did you get up to last night? Good question. Modding Pez, pretty much all night again. So my Pez now is amazing. I've got all the stadiums working. Uh we've got scoreboards that are working, we've got entrances that are working, Graham. Um, we've got some crowd chance again because we didn't have that at the moment but we've now got crowd chance, which is amazing Uh, what else have we got? Uh, new ball server new boots updated transfers we've got them all oh that sounds really good babe when are we going to see that? I don't know Graham eventually Masters of the League is going to come back we don't entirely know when Um, but that was my night I spent most of the night doing that and then I was actually in bed for half past nine because I was bollocks like I was genuinely bollocks I was in bed for half past nine I was asleep before the wife that never happens but that was my night let us know what your night was like in the chat, whilst you're here. But without further ado, I think we need to start off with the lead story. And I think if you've come over from social media, you've seen this about. It is a juicy one. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. So hopefully, this will hit every single note. So let's get into it. News, please work. Scoop news. What we're saying? Yes, we are. Woo-hoo, this is going well. <laughs> let's go. So blooper team hints it could be working on a Silent Hill, but it's not. The only one written by Andy Robinson over at VGC. Medium Dev says its next game is based on an existing horror IP from a famous publisher. Medium developer Bloopertin said it's working on an existing IP from a very famous gaming publisher, as is the title, fueling speculation it could be reviving Konami's Silent Hill. While Studio has not revealed the identity of the franchise it's working on, Team's CEO oh, Peter Babiniero. That is completely wrong. I apologize, big Pete. <laughs> over at GL.biz uh, revealed that it would be quite a stir once it's revealed. We've been working on for more than a year on a gaming project, another horror IP, and we're doing this with very famous gaming publisher he said. I can't I can't tell you who it is, I can't tell you what the project is, but I'm pretty sure when people realize what we're working on they will be very excited. The comments have caused fans to speculate the Polish developer could be working on Silent Hill. The Konami horror series has reportedly been shopped around by the publisher in recent years. Earlier this month, the YouTube channel The Great Debate even published an hour-long video presenting evidence that it could be the case, including comments from Silent Hill composer Akira Yakomoto... Uh, yamoka... <laughs> Jesus, how am getting these so wrong? claiming that he will be working on a second project for Blooper, in addition to making music for the medium. However, VGC understands that Konami has already outsourced the Silent Hill project to a prominent Japanese develop- uh, developer, with a reveal due this summer. If Blooper Team is also working on Silent Hill, something our sources were unable to confirm, then it would mean that two franchise reboots are in the work, which is something that industry insiders have suggested could be Konami's intention. Two people with knowledge of the Japanese publisher's plans told VGC that he originally approached Dark Pictures' developer Supermassive to pitch a Silent Hill reboot. The Supermassive project was ultimately not signed, but the framework for that game evolved into an episodic Dark Pictures titles. Separate sources told VGC that the Japanese Silent Hill project was something of a departure from past Silent Hill games, so this also matches suggestions that Konami was looking to license alternative takes on the horror series. Konami's Japanese bosses were understood to have historically pushed back against most pitches to outsource their key game brands, which is a big reason why the Supermassive game wasn't green lit. However, following the disappointment performance of recent in-house titles Metal Gear Survive and Contra Rogue Ops. Metal Gear Survive gets a bad rap, but I actually thought it was a good game. Uh, Sources say that the company has become more willing to contract outside studios for its major franchises. In addition to Silent Hill sources, said that Konami also plans to work on Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid games uh, via... a uh, Start again, Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid Games via external companies, but any potential releases are still years away. Elsewhere, the GI interview blooper said that Babinia Babinio Babinio, that's me, uh, suggested that next games from the developer would be paced more of an emphasis on action. Psychological horror is in our DNA, he explained. We would still like to have this taste of making games, but we, we would like to tell our stories with more action. I'll come back to that in a minute. This is why our future projects will also be far from, uh, will be from the first-person perspective, like The Medium. We'll have so much more advanced game mechanics. Uh, Babenio. <laughs> Babenio. Is that it? Babenio? oh, Xbox console exclusive The Medium, a project on the edge for Blooper Team, standing on a company's old approach and its new one. He also noted that many horror franchises had pivoted towards action over the years in order to broaden their audience. <sighs> We have been, working, we've been having that conversation for three years, he said, because we realise in a niche, uh, we're in a niche and would like to make a niche broader. Our future projects will not necessarily be horror games, they could be called thrillers. We're much broader with the medium and the stuff that we're trying to do in the future. If you think about Resident Evil 8, Hellblade 2 and even some ways The Last of Us, this is an area of which we would like to be and we'd still like to keep our DNA showing some fears, emotion, those which are hidden to our eyes but... Again, we'd like to not make the environment our storytelling, but to have real storylines with characters and so on. Earlier this month, Kanami denied that it was asked for a video interview featuring Silent Hill composer Akira Yakamoka. Yeah, I got the right Yamoka. I'm trying to read this as fast as I can, and I'm ballsing up every single person's name. I apologize to be removed from YouTube. Uh, Yamoka appeared to, uh, appeared in a YouTube video uh, channel by Al Hub, which he teased the next game project and said that one she'd been hoping for to hear about, uh, but we were quickly pulled from public listings. Okay, okay, so uh, <laughs> straight into the chat. Asim says no comment from me because this what. Uh, th- Again, I apologise, I am absolutely... This is why Graham drives this, and I'm just talking shy. <laughs> no comment from me on this because of my history, and I want to make uh, what I may or may not know. <laughs> this is why you're Tasim not Asim Tanve, Industry Leaker. Uh, as Gary Clark says, shy, and I'm in the credits, uh, the news... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was shy. Again, I will, I will die on this hill. If that wasn't a Metal Gear game, and it was any other franchise, if it was a brand new IP, that game would have done well. I'm telling you now, it's just because they use the the Metal Gear name. I'm, I uh, yeah, that, that's it. They just use the Metal Gear name. Any other thing, it would have been fine. Um, Adrian says, "Yo, what are you saying, bro? Hi, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, this news is far from silence," says Gary. <laughs> I agree. So obviously, this was submitted to me by every single person in the world, including Precision uh, and a few other people on Twitter. So I agree. Uh, thank you very much for showing for sending this over to me. I very much appreciate it. Um, my thoughts on this. First of all, I'm going to scroll right down to the bottom again so I can find my facts. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the blooper team straddled with the company's old approach in its new one. He also noted that many horror franchises have pivoted towards action over the years in order to broaden their audience. That is a red flag, in my opinion. Having seen what happened to Resident Evil, <laughs> yo big zombie monkey with the 13 mumps. Where do you learn to make ice cream upload content? Sunday school. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, classes are open for 20 pound per hour uh, if you just in case you want to get involved with that. Um but yeah, thank you very much Spike for your 30 months sub. We very much appreciate it mate. I hope you are doing well. Um but leaning into the action style survival horror game, it doesn't work. The, the, all you need to do is just look over the over the road at your main competitor in Resident Evil, and they have gone full circle with this stuff. They have gone from being an action game from Resident Evil 4, 5. I mean, everyone raves about 4. It's one of the best games ever. I mean, it's not in my top two, but um, Resident Evil 4 paved the way for pretty much every single third-person shooter going forward and should be paying royalties to Resident Evil 4 for the remainder of time when it comes to third-person over-the-shoulder games. Resident Evil 5 was a very good game if you can play with co-op, if you can play with somebody else, if you're playing with a computer, it's not that great because Shaver is a waste of time. Resident Evil 6, did anyone actually finish that game? They ended up bringing it back with Revelations 1 and 2 and then started moving into Resident Evil 7, which then gave us Resident Evil 2 uh, and 3 Remake. They have gone full circle. They've, took, they've moved away from the action style. They moved back into survival horror. There is, It may be a niche, but I am telling you now, the reason why those games are sold so well is because it's a niche people want survival horror games they don't want action games there is a million and one action games out there if you're trying to pit survival horror alongside action it doesn't work survival horror is all about telling a story in a survival environment uh, in a horror environment that's exactly what it is you can't put action games with it quick time events ruined resident evil and they have now been abolished thank god We've we've come full circle with that, and if they're trying to take a psychological horror, we talked about this earlier on in the week. As Silent Hill is a psychological horror, it's a it's a, a kind of game that makes your mind work. If you're trying to make what that kind of game a action game, it isn't going to work, and people this will die on release if that is the case. Now they're only saying that they want to try and broaden it, because because it, it's a niche. The Last of Us is another example, and it was mentioned in this article. Resident Evil 8, Hellblade 2, and The Last of Us. Survival horror games. Fair enough that The Last of Us is a little bit more action-y, in terms of there's a lot more weapons to pick from, there's a lot more bullets around, there's a lot more health. It isn't Silent Hill. (laughs) I don't know. I'm very interested to see how this ends up turning about, and what... uh, If this is being shipped out, I want to know to who, and I want to know what their previous history is, because the the median didn't really didn't you know it didn't review very well um so i don't know i don't know this this news has a lot of red flags in my opinion but i'm very interested to see how this goes i'm very excited to see if there's an announcement this year uh, as per t- towards the end of this article um, it mentioned that there could potentially be a re- a- an announcement coming later on in the year, whether or not we're going to see gameplay footage, whether or not we're going to know who's looking after the game. I have absolutely no idea, but uh, there's a lot of red flags in here for me as a Silent Hill uh, as a Silent Hill guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Big Zombie Monkey said, Resident Evil 4 made over the shoulder. Wasn't Gears 4 out before that? No. Uh, sorry, Gears of War out before that? No. Gears of War came way after. Resident Evil 4 was out on the GameCube, don't forget. And when was that? Resident Evil, I'm gonna say 2002. Resident Evil 4, GameCube. Was it 2002, Uh I can't find anything, GameCube was 2005, which was I think a year before. I actually thought it was way earlier than that. So yeah, apparently this was 2005, the first Gears of War. Gears of War, Xbox. See, this is what I'd usually do when Graham was there, so we'd carry on talking. I'd find facts. Gears of War 1, Xbox 360. What date are we looking at? 2006, so it was a year before. So Resident Evil 4 was a year before. Um, but I, I, again, I I'll die on that hill. Resident Evil 4 made the over-the-shoulder camera that everyone should be paying royalties to them because they literally changed the way that we play games. Uh, in terms of third-person perspective. Look at Dead Space. That was pretty much a carbon copy. It was just set in space uh, and a lot more gory. Asim says the difference between Resident Evil and Capcom is the top internal talent to make them along with their own engine. K- Konami doesn't have the internal dev talent anymore, majority left with Kojima, so they have to swallow pride and get a third-party devs to work on them. You see, I agree with that to a lot of extent. The Resident Evil engine uh, and the people who are that are, are smashing their brains together um, to make what Resident Evil... Uh, what what it was i've kind of got their heads back together again i don't know what happened between like the the four years that we ended up getting some of those games but i'm glad that we've kind of come full circle the thing is the original resident evil game uh, sorry the original resident uh, silent Hill game and i say i feel like i'm preaching to the converted here because you already know this but for everybody else it was made by team silent which was like a mishmash of other employees around the company that were working on projects that had either died or just wasn't going anywhere. So they're kind of taking those employees, put them into a room, hence Team Silent, and then their brains just kind of exploded and give us w- what we've got here, this weird psychological mindfuck in Silent Hill. And that's what made it beautiful. I don't know what happened along the way. I still think Downpour was quite a good game in terms of Silent Hill. It was it was okay. It wasn't... It, it, you're looking at Silent Hill, the first four games that came out, they were world-class, and they will live on forever. They are masterpieces, in my opinion. Silent Hill 3 is an absolute masterpiece. It will never... I think that's probably as good as it ever got, in my opinion. No, Asim said that Silent Hill 2 was his favourite, but everyone has favourites when it comes to franchises, and there's absolutely no problems with that. But, but, but... Where does this leave us now if they're going into an action style? Does that mean that we're going to get every single every single element of a weapon? You're going to be running around with a gun the entire game now with pretty much infinite ammo because that's what action games do. You kind of start to run out of ammo. There will always be an ammo pouch outside of a door. I don't know. I don't feel that's the direction, and I think this will be dead on arrival if that is the case because people don't want that from a Silent Hill game, I'm telling you now. They want to get their mind blown. But... I don't know. Until we find out later on in the year what the hell is going on, according to these sources, I have genuinely no idea. Um, I wouldn't have thought that they would have outsourced it to many different places. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Gary says, agreed, maybe they've got to try and stick to their roots of a game as much as they can. That's what made Silent Hill so successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm starting to lose quite a bit of frames there. So if it starts to become a little bit choppy for you guys or it just goes off, then do let me know because I need to go and sort that out. I said that I would... Sort it out yesterday and unplug stuff. I didn't, I completely forgot. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it it says that we're starting to lose frames a little bit, so if it goes off, I apologize. Um, big zombie monkey says, Wink, I'll let you off. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) guy, if you're still gonna die in that hill, uh, will you be dialing silently? Great joke, fantastic joke. I appreciate what you did there. Um, so yeah, I think that's that silent hill news covered for today. We've got four news articles today. I know yesterday we kind of went through the mill and spent half an hour talking about the Nintendo stuff, but it was a big day. It was a big day, and I've got Pop-Tarts here that are going cold, so I'm gonna eat them at the same time. What a show this is turning out to be. Anyway, next news article. This one's a bit juicy. Cheeky bastards. Boom. It's been written on Eurogamer by Matt Wales. And he says that Valve banned developer who sneakily named his company very positive on Steam. (laughs) And they will literally try anything. This is great. A developer has been booted off Steam after brazenly attempting to trick users into buying its games by naming its company very positive. I absolutely love this. You probably see where this is going already, but look at a game Steam page and you'll see several... Several prominent fields in the info panel to the right. A game's customer rating, displayed in bright blue if positive, is easy to spot at a glance and is likely to be the first of many Steam users when opening a page. Crucially for this story, however, there are some other similarly presented information nearby, in the form of a developer and publisher field. <laughs> Noticing this, one devious, if ultimately rather naive, developer decided to exploit this potentially confusing proximity, listing their game and publisher as very positive on their emoji (laughs) Evolutions game Steam page. I knew that reviews have a huge impact on the customer's decision the developer using the name Mike told Vice. I noticed that some publishers' developer's name are located really close to the reviews and it has the same cover as I decided to use it for my purpose steam (laughs) Steam users make conclusions about information when seeing familiar words and don't spend too much time reading all of the words the ruse was first spotted by newsletter games discovery co earning Mike some degree of (laughs) infamy, which turned it promoted him to be less and subtle about his deception on twitter and while Mike initially had I I don't know why I find this so funny but I can't read this without smiling (laughs) just this is this needs to go onto the shit house twitter page because this is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> And while Mike was initially adamant Valve wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have an issue with this scheme telling vibes, Valve fully understands how minor this trick is. That ultimately wasn't the case. With very positive games plot drawing increased attention as a result, the developers brazen social media posts. The story was picked up by a number of media outlets. Valve eventually stepped in and went <laughs> and in a tweet posted several days ago, Mike confirmed the company has now been banned his developer account from the platform, saying review manipulation. Mike said he <laughs> Mike said he absolutely disagrees with this accusation, but it seems there may be a little more afoot. Game Discover Code when first spotted Mike's Steam page hijinks, also detail what is to believe to suspicious activity around Emoji Evolutions' mysteriously positive reviews, something that would raise Valve's eh? I uh. I don't know what that says. Without this warning that's cheekily placed on very positive. That is amazing. <laughs> Let's scroll back up. Look at it though. Like you can tell, like can it oh I don't even zoom in. Oh. So is it so this is usually what people look at when they go to see a game this bit here mostly positive then you know that kind of people have reviewed it well and it's it's an half decent game it might be worth your money but then usually you'd scroll down into the reviews and you would kind of see what people are talking about it if it's uh like a three-hour game if it's worth the money compared to like how much you uh, sorry is, is, is the game worth it compared to the money stuff like that however this guy has stated in the article developer very positive publisher very positive that is fantastic that is next level shithousery. That is the kind of shithousery I get out of bed for and love to talk about on the Scoop. That is fantastic. I absolutely love that. The thing is, though, in here somewhere, it says, Mike says he absolutely disagrees with the accusation that he's tried to manipulate re- <laughs> reviews. If I scroll up a little bit, I'm sure here it says, Noticing this, one devious, if ultimately rather naive developer decided to exploit this potentially confusing proximity, listing their name and publisher as very positive on their Emoji uh, Evolution game. He knew what he was doing. And how can you not say <laughs> that he absolutely disagrees with this accusation of review manipulations when he admits it up here? <laughs> <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it, my friend. That is just, it's fantastic shit hours, and you will go down in folklore, as being the guy that kind of beat the system for a couple of days. Uh, I don't know how much money that you made off of this, but you'll always be near and dear to my heart, Mike. That is fantastic shit hours, and you get a triple A thumbs up from the Bibs and the Ice Cream Uploads team, because that is fantastic. That is genuinely fantastic. What a way to be able to try and get around it, but unfortunately it didn't last very long, and it actually got released the day after my birthday. Yay! Anyway, it was a nice little news story to brighten up your day because it made me absolutely piss myself. Hence why I couldn't read it without pissing myself. <laughs> okay, this is one that got submitted by Mr. Garlic Clark in the chat. It's something that's been a long time coming and it finally looks like it's got over the line. No pun intended. I've just pressed the wrong camera. Scoop news. Come on. Come on. EA has officially completed its purchase of Codemaster, written by Andy Robinson over at VGC. The acquisition gives EA access to racing game game brands, including Grid, Dirt, F1, and more. Electronics Arts has officially completed its acquisition of Codemasters following the delivery of a court order to the Register of Companies of England, Wales, on Thursday. The entire issued share capital of Codemasters is now owned by Codex Games Limited, a subsidiary of EA. <clears throat> Trading in Codemaster shares was suspended on AIM. Oh, is that, a, is, that a, is that a place that you can do shares? I have no idea. Suspended on AIM, a submarket of the London Stock Exchange. That's just answering my own question. This morning, and a shareholder I will receive a settlement 604 pence per sh- scheme share. I wonder if that's less than what someone had paid for it. Hmm, interesting. I, I have no idea how stocks work. I know a couple of weeks ago, I was talking like I absolutely knew what I was talking about, but uh, here we go. Within 14 days, that sale has now been completed. Each of Codemaster's non-executive directors has stepped down from the Codemaster board with immediate effect. EA's acquisition of Codemaster's company uh, values the company at approximately 1.2 billion. It is no wonder that executives have stepped down from Codemaster because they have just bought themselves a nice new yacht and living somewhere... Very, very nice with all of that money, I am telling you now. (laughs) In a statement, the publisher said the combination of Electronic Arts and Codemasters marks an exciting new area in racing games entertainment. This is the beginning of an exciting new area for racing games and content As we bring together the talented teams at Electronic Arts and Codemasters, says CEO Andrew Wilson in a statement. Racing fandom continues to grow worldwide and the franchises in our combined portfolio will enable us to create innovative uh, new experiences and bring more players into the excitement of cars and motorsport. Our teams will be a global powerhouse in racing games entertainment with amazing games for players on every platform and we can't wait to get started. Codemaster CEO Fran Signer added, Today is a landmark in Codemarks history and an exciting day for our employees and players. The partnerships with EA will enable our teams to take our highly acclaimed franchises to new heights and reach a huge global audience through their player network. Together, we can refine the landscape of racing games and create more compelling experiences for racing fans around the world. Codemasters is a publisher of racing games including Dirt 1, uh, Dirt One, <laughs> Dirt F1 Grid, and Onrush. The company has also recently secured the rights to the FIA World Rally Championships, and it acquired slightly. Uh, it, and in two thousand nineteen, it acquired slightly Mad, the developer of the Project Cars series and the Fast and the Furious Crossroads. What a waste of money! Rockstar owner Take Two also tabled an offer to purchase Codemasters, which originally was accepted before EA came in with a higher bid, and it was deemed to be more favorable. I bet it was. Discussing the strategy. Sorry, the strategic rationale of the potential Codemasters acquisition as part of its third quarter earnings result earlier this month. EA said the deal would create a global leader in racing entertainment and enable EA to release a new racing experience annually. Great. EA, the home of the Need for Speed and Burnout franchise, is, is, but Codemasters buyout has added more high-profile racing brands to its stable. The publisher, Need for Speed series has, has stuck in a vinyl I am blue screen into hell. Oh my god, one more one second. Nearly choked on a bit of Pop Tart. (laughs) This is why you tune into Scoop Jesus Christ. The Need for Speed series are stuck on a biennial release, uh Biennial. Biennial. Is it biennial? I don't know. My English isn't that great, clearly. Scheduled for much of the past decade. Last year, it handled handed the franchise back to UK based uh, Criterion. Jesus. I, I'm blue screening again, I apologise. And announced a restructure of Sweden's Ghost Games, which has developed the last four inches of the racing series. It's worth noting that in recent years, Codemasters has released its own annual racing game titles, even not counting for its yearly F1 instalments. Jesus, that was hard work. <laughs> And not just because there was a lot of English in there, uh, and clearly I'm not doing too well with it. But that is a bit of an article to get through. Um, we've been waiting for this news for what feels like the longest time, and finally it's been pushed over the line. I am in two minds as to how I feel about this. The first part of it, it's it's heartbreaking to see, really, because there's a lot of franchises in there now that either will be put to the sword, or it will just get ran into the ground. No pun intended again. Uh, but I want to know what you guys want to think about this. Uh, Madge says, uh, what a twonk, oh frack. Uh, Gary says, let's hope Codemasters doesn't go from micro-machines to micro-transactions. Wee, you love to see it. Uh, Madge says, they'd already had multiple season passes for MT uh, for micro-transactions. Uh, Iceman says, Alexa, play Funeral March. I don't have an Alexa. Ha! I know, I know you were saying that as like a, a nice thing, but I, as I was reading I was like, shit, if I've got an Alexa, it's going to start going off. <laughs> but I don't. This is great. Uh, Gary says, I know, mate, but not on the same level as what EA do. Madge says, EA must have really wanted that Fast and Furious license. I agree. Uh, <laughs> Madge says, Jesus, Bibby. Uh, Iceman says, Bibby's mouth.exe has stopped working. It did, and I nearly choked on a bit of Pop-Tart, and I couldn't speak English. So, I mean, what else do you tune into the scoop for? This for me is, again, a little bit heartbreaking because we're going to see the likes of Dirt. I mean, F1 has pretty much just become a yearly release anyway because it has to because it's it's a sports game. It, it kind of has to, uh, to be able to stay alive. I mean, F1, I didn't realize how big F1 games were until maybe two years ago. Um, they are a massive acquisition for EA and I'm, I'm fairly certain that that is one of the main things that they wanted to take from Codemasters uh, because it is just a license to add to their sports portfolio Um, and then just churn it out on a yearly basis. On Rush, I don't think they're going to do anything with that again. Uh, Dirt, I haven't played one for a while. Dirt 5 is coming to games passive. It's not already on there, so I will hopefully pick up that and try and play it soon. No one's playing Fast and Furious Crossroads. And Project Cars, again, is a massive franchise to be able to pick up. So they pretty much have all of the massive racing games under one roof, which is a shame because you kind of look over the road. I think the reason why they started to look at their franchises a little bit more is because your competitors are doing better. And now they've kind of bought out the competition. This is Monday night wars all over again. This is uh, raw. This is WWE buying the WCW, uh, my fun 28 dog. Thank you very much for the follow. Very much. Appreciate it. This is them buying their competitors. And as much as I think a lot of these franchises will absolutely love to get EA's, um, well first of all money and secondly exposure because EA are a much 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 bigger machine than Codemasters ever will be or ever was but that's fine because Codemasters whatever they were doing over there was working for them and their communities will the community now look over to EA and think I'd probably not gonna be buying that game every single year or I'm gonna wait to see what it looks like before buying it because you kind of have a habit of taking franchises and then in some cases, not making them as well as they used to be made. Um, so I'm very interested to see how this works in the next 18 to 24 months and see what kind of games get churned out. I don't think we're going to see much change in the F1 franchise for maybe two years, maybe even three, um, because I think if it was through a short, short change now, it isn't going to work for them properly. So I'm interested to see what kind of marketing. I mean, the marketing budgets to promote these games is going to go through the roof. Let's be honest about that. Um, Match says Onrush I think was dead and released just about <laughs> Asim says they haven't got Midnight Club the real racing MVP I absolutely love Midget- uh, what? Uh, Midnight Club I absolutely love that game Gotham City Racing as well whatever happened to that I absolutely love that game the kudos system in that was fantastic um, and we haven't seen one of those when was the last time that we saw one of them Gotham City Racing that was like one of the first games I played on my original I mean it's just showing me a Batman game now uh, Gotham City Racing Xbox. We'll type that in. Did we get one on the 360? Gotham City Racing Oh, Project Gotham Racing? That's it. Project Gotham Racing Oh, Gotham City Racing? Jesus, no wonder the ex- uh, 2007 Oh, 2009. Uh, Project got a Ferrari Edition on the Zune HD. Zune, as in like, oh my God, yeah, it was actually a game actually got brought out on an MP3 player. Uh, so, yeah, 2007 was the last time Project Gotham Racing got brought out on the Xbox 360. Whatever happened to that? My God. <laughs> I absolutely love midgets. <laughs> and Graham comes in with that. I mean, <laughs> Gary comes in. Project Gotham Racing won't happen again as they closed the studio years ago. Yeah, but surely the IP will still be. Even though the studio closes, surely the IP will still be up for sale. So someone could take that and re- to remake it again. Uh, Ice Cream Muller says the first rule of Midget Club: We don't talk about Midget Club. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, let me use my stream deck. Uh, let's do that and then rip. Yay! See what I mean? We're working. We're working here. Um. So yeah, Midget Club racing. Let's get that on the. Let's get that on the on the old blower. Uh, Fatman Day says I have a either way, the ratings will suffer in about 20 years' time. Gary says Gotham Racing, Batman and Robin on the front cover. I just Googled it then, Gotham City Racing, and it was a completely different game. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah, it's Project Gotham Racing. I apologize. Um come on, guys. Uh <laughs> Iceman says, Well, in my main summer sports game is looking more to be Mario Golf. Advanced tour was my favourite on the Game Boy." Way. I played um, I had Mario Golf on my Nintendo GameCube and I didn't like it. I don't know what it was about it. I felt like it was. I'd played so much Everybody's Golf. It felt like it was an absolute clone of that, but it was worse. Everybody's Golf was just such a good game, and that's what exactly what that felt like. But I've just spent two hundred pounds on Fee Golf. I've just I've got Fee Golf, and then it turns out that you can buy Mario Golf and use the whatever the fuck what's it called Joy-Con as a golf club with your swing. I could have just spent seventy pound and got that fuming. But anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Gary says, unless I get a PS5, then it would be Gran Turismo 7. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to play. I haven't played a Gran Turismo in what feels like forever, um, so I'd, I'd like to get one of them. Jordan says, hello. Hello, Jordan. Hope you're doing okay, son. So... It looks like I'm losing frames quite a bit here again. So again, uh, hopefully it's not as choppy as it it looks like it is on my screen. Um, I need to go and sort that out after this. It will probably be just rebooting everything in the house. Uh, I'll wait for Samantha to finish her conference calls and stuff before I do that. So I apologize. This is why Graham shouldn't have any time off, by the way, because he should he should be doing he usually does all this stuff. But anyway, we've got one last news article for today, and this is a bit of a belter. This one, I think this is probably one of my favorite ones of the day, if I'm being honest. Let's get into that, and let's get into that. This should hopefully work. Hey. So, Medieval GTA Rustler, not the burger, is out now in early access. Now, I haven't actually looked at how much this is yet, so I'm going to check in a second, because um, hopefully there'll be a link in this to the store page. But, Polish developer Jutsu Games has finally released a Medieval GTA called Rustler, written on The Gamer by Vlad Masanko. <laughs> Jesus. He has buffered a few times. Yeah, I apologize. It's it, it's red on my screen, which is never great, and I'm looking at drop frames going mad. <laughs> so I will have to reboot everything that's in the house. I apologize. Um, I am recording it natively as well, so hopefully I'll just be able to upload that um, and it won't be too choppy from our side for you guys that listen to the podcast services. Um, again, start again. Polish developer Jutsu Games has finally released a medieval GTA called Rustler in early development on on Steam. The game was funded on Kickstarter in just two weeks in 2020 and since then, the time the team has been working hard to bring players a sense of being and thug my English today is so bad. Like, I'm just getting everything wrong. Let's start again. In two weeks in 2020, and since then, the team has worked hard to bring players a sense of being a thug in a crazy open world with many cheeky activities and even more pop culture references. Rustler is the GTA 2 open-star world action game with a top-down perspective. The project aims to fulfill players' desires to cause chaos not only in modern settings, as plenty of games suggest, but in medieval times too. Rustler is currently available on Steam with a 15% discount for limited time and there was a brand new release trailer to admire all of its features. During its Kickstarter campaign, the game attracted thousands of people to contribute 152% of the planned goal, causing developers to further improve Rustler with additional content. However, there is a long road ahead for the game to be fully released. Now is the time to experience the life of a bald thug named simply The Guy in a historical, inaccurate medieval sandbox. Does this not look like the kid from Bully? Does it not? It does. Um, Now is the time to experience the life of a bald thug named simply the guy in a historically inaccurate medieval sandbox filled with feudal injustice and witch hunting. All spiced up with a Monty Python sense of humour. Russell offers some neat activities like killing and robbing peasants and lords around but that's far from the full scope. Players will be able to steal horses while listening to bard music, drifting a cart, causing havoc everywhere, dig up dinosaur skeletons, shoot crows in the sky with a... Oh... Trebuchet? What is even that? And even join the round earthers sect. And that's it with the story mode and some twisty quests too. So of course, the team steps foot in the crowded medieval genre today, but as it seems that Rustler possesses enough of its own distinctive elements to underrecognize by Steam audiences. Fans of more serious projects can look up the upcoming Chivalry 2 release from Tom Banner Studios, slated for June 2021. This historical accurate first person slasher will bring the players onto the battlefield for some epic scale-down showdown. Developers Jutsu Games didn't clarify when the full version of Rustler is coming on PC, but they're really is there's no point to wait, in this humorous Grand Theft, Ho- Grand Theft Horse already can bring a lot of peasant memories to your last GTA 2 play session. Now, I'm just going to hit play on this somewhere. Here we go. Let's turn this down. Otherwise, it'll probably be massively loud. So, you should be able to see this. I'm just going to go through the chat while we're here as well. Uh, Gary says it's buffered quite a few times yeah I apologise for that guys uh, GTA 7 won't be the uh, g- sorry GT 7 won't be the same as GT Sport it'll be closer to the Gran Turismo games I appreciate that that's what I want Johnny says have you considered voice acting audio books no because no one will pay to have me mumble their way through their prize pr- prized asset Gary says it doesn't matter for me as long as each one is stiff and dull at the last these days Johnny says "Bullet, love that game it looks exactly like Bully uh, not to be confused with Hustler an entirely different kind of game <laughs> Um, but yeah, this lo- this actually does look like a GTA 2 clone just set in a medieval world. So kind of what more can you ask for? As he takes a swig of his drink. Um, who is getting this game then? Because this actually does look like a lot of fun. Uh, wrestler, Let's see how much it is. Currently available on Steam. Show me Steam. It is sixteen pound fifty six, which is a, which is a decent price to be fair for an early access game. That is actually a really good price, and it's got mixed reviews. Let's have a look at the reviews. Uh, so there's a lot of thumbs up up here. Uh, Dorothy states pretty much a tech demo with horrible optimization. Wait a few patches and then try it out with forty minutes of gameplay. Uh, so an hour and a half after 80 minutes of the game is just annoying, not fun. The fighting seems impossible, difficult. It takes too long to kill anyone unless you have the crossbow. Then it can, uh, then it can't. Then you can't reload uh, and run at the same time. So you end up dying anyway. Bards are too quiet until you get right next to them. The volume goes up by three thousand percent. I may purchase it again once it's out in early access, but now I won't recommend buying. A lot of the time, so if you buy it in early access, you don't have to buy the full game. I thought that was the whole part of it. So why is he saying that he's going to buy it again? That's interesting uh i don't know the negative comments as well about the game is decently easy and enough around the edges it's still a good game this is based uh, from my understanding when it comes to stuff like this this is based on a a gta 2 kind of game so i don't understand what people expect from stuff like that it's like saying uh that a resident evil clone from back in the playstation one games the fixed camera angle just doesn't work that well of course it doesn't there's a reason why those games don't get made as often anymore because it's not I know we talked about the games not coming out for a wider audience nowadays, but those games were historically accurate for the time. Like you couldn't, you couldn't really get that much of a better game. Um, but it is what it is for the time being. You get what you get. Um, it's a GTA, old TG old GTA two clone. What more can you ask for? Um, but that is it for today in terms of the scoop action. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, Yeah, it is only me, it's only the dollop, so it is like a 40-minute episode rather than an hour because, as you can tell, I'm not very good with words. I've choked on a Pop-Tart and I really waterboarded myself with coffee, so it's... That's just one other episode of The Scoop. But Graham will be back on Monday, hopefully talking real words and have a decent enough production value where the stream doesn't keep on cutting out. Um, but again, I appreciate every single one of you. Spike for the sub today. Gagad with the sub today. And also Garlic Clark with the sub today. Three subs in one stream. You guys are spoiling us. We also had some followers as well, including Fundog28, so again, very much appreciate every single one. If you do want to get involved with the show, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. First of all, find us on social medias, at Ice Cream Uploads is the main account. Then we've obviously got at We've Got a Bino, which is moi, and then Graham underscore day as well. Here we're back on Monday. All you need to just tag us in there. If you want to get involved with our Discord, then feel free to do so. And there's an area on there called The Scoop. All we need from you is your thoughts and impressions. We will then give you our thoughts and impressions on the very next show. about What time on Monday, Mr. Graham Day? 10 a.m.? Ish! There we go. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. Uh Graham says, sent you a Discord message. There we go. Let's have a look. Uh Legend. <laughs> uh talking about eyes reviews, this film is.